0: And this podcast is brought to you by Four Idiots Roaming. Hello everyone and welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael.
1: I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Kelsey.
0: And tonight we're going into Praxius, the sixth episode of the current season.
1: I have to say, this episode I felt like was the first normal Doctor Who episode in the last two seasons, barring resolution. Are there normal Doctor Who episodes? Yeah, yeah there are. I mean, here we've got, you know a great little side story that's got a great romance going to it we've got an alien menace that comes in with you know an interesting different sort of plan it's complicated the companions are all involved in doing stuff often separate from the doctor through a lot of it and there's a lot of great and very fast spoken explanations for things that are happening and it all ties up and makes sense at the end
0: I will say that uh, one thing you mentioned was that it was a lot of fast explanations. The expo- I think the talking goes a little too
1: fast at times. Well, yeah, but that's always been a characteristic of Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, but I'm just saying with everybody in general, theres I just think that it would be a little bit easier to understand everyone if they were to slow it down
2: just slightly. Yeah, I agree. I've, I would say even that last, Scene where the guy was in the ship and it was breaking apart, and he was talking to his, his husband. I could not understand what half of what he was saying. Me know, either a lot of it was his an
1: accent and the background noise too. I felt like.
2: Yeah, but he was—he wasn't speaking very clearly. I guess. Yeah. Was more of the issue. Yeah.
3: I think in addition there too, there's a few little tidbits that are important mm-hmm. and just happen so briefly that you know if you're a millennial minded on their phone for a second, something can go right past you.
1: Definitely. Now, I do have to say, well, it did feel like a little bit of unnecessary uh, preachiness in here about the plastic, but at the same time, it actually tied into the plot nicely, so I think that it worked out nicely.
3: Yeah, I actually think this landed a lot better. Than it really like landed The ecological messages you know, and, um, that we've seen in the rest of the story, I think it was tied kind of in a relevant way, it made a lot of sense and you know there there you know are these big massive barges of plastic and it's a little bit more of an interesting specific you know facet of you know a problem that humanity is facing rather than something very general you know such as climate change
0: i yeah. think also the the from an educator standpoint this was more it was an opportunity to be more educational the original idea or concept the right. doctor who back in 1963 was that it would not only be science fiction but it would also be an educational program when the doctor's explaining about plastic and how it enters into our food and which everything is gross
1: else, i didn't know all that yeah
0: it's it she's presenting it to the audience and to the people she's talking to <coughs> much more so as if it were her kind of educating someone not necessarily her preaching or or saying you shouldn't do this you can't do this it's just that this is what's happened and what and what we need to work with
1: right it was the same sort of attitude that the doctor does like on another planet of being like oh the locals of this planet do this thing and it affected them in this way
2: that's very magic school bus kind of (laughs) messaging
1: which is which is again
0: For me, it made it far less preachy than previous episodes during the Whitaker
1: era. I I just feel like it was the fact that the preachiness tied in with the plot, like it held the plot. Like, that was extremely important for the entire episode to come together, yeah. which hasn't been the case before. It was like the preachiness was kind of
3: shoved need in to there. stop and go back to this magic school bus analogy just for a moment. it was like, Miss Frizzle
2: <laughs> yeah. and the doctor, I mean... Basically uh, the same character. <laughs>
3: yeah, someone super smart out to teach people traveling into crazy places in some sort in, of... In a, a uh, method
1: that's really weird.
3: <laughs> yes, in a science magic mode to get to different places. Yeah,
2: in a vehicle that along, can change
0: Miss <laughs> Frizzle's
1: actually
2: the
0: doctor.
1: Okay.
2: It all makes sense. Yeah, we finally figured it out. oh ah, the first I, ginger doctor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: have to say, though, that I thought that the makeup and special effects were really good. I mean, oh, yeah. so creepy. Like, I felt like I was itching my skin the entire episode, like, checking to make sure I didn't have any of this weird, <laughs> Oh, maybe that's what
1: the rash thing. on your face is. <laughs>
2: oh, no. I'm also, like, allergy attack, so I keep, like, scratching myself. But, like, so maybe it was partly to do with, like, that happening and oh, then watching yeah. the episode, but it just really creeped me okay. out. I know, that I'm just,
1: like, turning to stone and shattering. What a freaky thing. If Kelsey
0: starts shattering in front of us, I'm going to leave the room.
3: <laughs> and even if we just leave, like, those effects aside, too, I thought this was a beautiful episode. It was well done. I feel like it's, it's bringing the new budget of the new era of Doctor Who, because um, we, we saw, you know, Madagascar, Peru, Hong Kong. It was we very... The, we're at the bottom of the Indian Ocean... And there's a lot of different changes in terms of environment and I think they were all done pretty well and beautifully.
0: It was very Russell T. Davies because Russell T. Davies used to really take a doctor's story and and kinda of show you all around the world how it affects more than just one location. Like when the Cybermen attack and they and you see them in Paris and you see them against the pyramids and you see and you see newscasters from around the world talking about it. It, it gives it a more global, more epic kind of feel. And that's, I think, where this particular episode did shine a bit better, is that it just kind of encompasses all these different locations. Now, they've been doing that this whole this whole series. And one, one thing I will mention that I do not like about this series is that we've had almost every single episode except for one has been on Earth. And it's great to see all these places on Earth, but unfortunately, I feel like I feel like we're back to the John Pertwee era, where it's like now maybe that's maybe that's for on purpose. But I, I mean, John Pertwee was kind of he was almost like always on Earth. Well, first, yeah, first he was seasons. stuck on Earth. <laughs> but but I mean, Jodie has a TARDIS; she can go anywhere she wants, and she always ends up back on Earth for every adventure so it just seems to be I don't know if they're just trying to always bring it back home for every the general audience
3: I mean even even though you know Jodie seems to love Earth she seems to love modern day Earth you know even <laughs> even more potentially I mean, yeah it is I, I mean, very big of a very big of a mystery you know yeah I guess,
2: know? guess yeah I guess the one episode the Tesla episode was in the past but other than mm. that it's all been modern times right yes well the part future two.
1: and the future when they went to future Earth with the Dregs and everything,
2: oh yeah, oh yeah. So there was there an, a non Earth planet episode? This I mean, season? who
3: knows where you know, Jody was in that weird neuron space?
1: Yeah, but still, the main uh, the main setting for those episodes was still Earth.
2: Yeah, what episode was not on Earth? This actually, part? I think that yeah. no,
0: no, that one was not. Technically
2: on Earth. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yaz
3: yeah, really thought for a moment she found a place on her own off Earth, but... Um, yeah, let, let's,
1: earlier. Let, let's talk about Yaz for a oh, moment right, because right, she right. really uh, came out on her own in this episode. She actually was a little bit reminiscent, I thought, of Clara, who was also a companion who started off one way and became significantly more Doctor-like as time went on. And in here we see her really stepping out and being, you know... A willful companion who can go out and do things on her own, and that's kind of a, a much bigger and more powerful role than she's ever had. I feel like yeah. there's also
0: more chemistry between Jodie Whittaker and um, Mendip. What's her name? She's... Yeah, Yaz is uh, actress. They they seem to have a bit, a bit more chemistry, and um. Well, and it might be
2: another like taking criticism from the fans and trying to give her a bigger role because. Last series, she was kind of like Side-lined, a non-entity. Yeah, but I mean, I almost find her becoming rather reckless and not doctor-ish. Like, just well, that's of-
1: actually also kind of Clara's. She became more doctor-like, but also way too reckless. Mandip Gill is her name.
0: Mm, very interesting.
1: And I think it's Martha's jacket that has made her a little bit more beholden and bold. Yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> she does seem to be wearing Martha's jacket in this one again. So I just that's kind of kind of cool.
1: Now, one thing I do want to point out about this episode is that this one and last one were both written by Chris Chibnall plus someone else, and the other person was two different people in this, but I feel like they've kind of stumbled onto a pretty good winning combination there. Cause I think that Chibnall's ideas start out well, but he's not very good at wrapping them up and including them. And I think that by pulling in another writer with him on these episodes, they've actually wrapped up nicely and really like made sense.
0: Pete McTie is the person that wrote, co-wrote he... this. Yeah. I
1: also liked how Graham for the first time this season had like a, true Graham moment of sitting down with someone and having a good heart-to-heart and really, you know, getting getting to the, the meat of the matter. Yeah, that's just, that, was,
0: that was his strength. And then, of course, Ryan was smart enough to take the bird back to the doctor so that she could check it out, but it ends up being him that actually dissects it.
3: Yeah, I think we're seeing a lot more independence, you know, from these companions these days. You know, they're not just tagging along with a
1: doctor and, you know, their own damsels.
0: Well, they they were able to do a lot more in this episode
1: than most of the other episodes. Yeah, right, because they had like, something for everyone to do. Yeah. Uh,
2: Finally. Well, I have to say, like, one thing that I found a little – I did not love about this episode was how they – like, the one guy that was on the beach watching the birds, and then he gets, like, attacked and eaten by the birds, and he's, like, never – nobody mentions it. Like, nobody cares. He's just, like, oh, nobody even says – oh where did he go I guess he didn't make it it was just like he's never like I don't know I, I felt like that was a little like heartless <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways
0: you're talking about Aramu who was of course Suki's I guess assistant but I don't we don't even know if he was an human? alien or... or if he was human well but it yeah. doesn't matter he still died he horribly in yes. the first place but, I mean, that's the point is that we never we never had Not – I'm kind of echoing what she's saying. Yeah. We didn't have any final like say as to what – we didn't have the closure, but we also didn't have any backstory other than he was just literally there. Yeah. So that was one thing that they could have probably just added one line just so we knew what the – who
3: he yeah. was. Yeah. But, then, but or else, you know, we could just have, you know, Suki having a few lines about the birds and we wouldn't need the extra,
0: extra character. Yeah. At, at this point, well, that,
1: although actually, I feel like the having the extra character was important to not make it look weird that Suki because if Suki had been there by herself, it would have looked a lot more suspicious than having that other guy there. Because she had those interactions, yeah. it was like you didn't even think that maybe there's something off with her. But if she's like literally by herself on the beach with a powerful lab. And you don't see her interact with anyone else. That's suspicious. Wouldn't have
3: raised my eyebrows. I think that's the coincidence that Doctor Who throws in our faces every episode.
1: I did love, though, how it was like the doctor, you know, met her and she was just like, perfect. You know, so much like the doctor. So sciencey. So wonderful. And the doctor just totally, you know, didn't do her due diligence of what she normally would have done on noticing this and that little thing.
2: I don't know. I don't think the doctor very frequently does due diligence. She kind of just takes things as they are and reacts in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, but usually she's suspicious of most everyone. Well, she does fall for scientists. Well, yeah, I mean, like, that that, that was kind of the whole thing. Yeah.
0: (laughs)
3: But I have a problem with, you know, her claiming that she doesn't have any time. You know, and Yaz wanted to go back and investigate, you know, what was happening in that building in Hong Kong. You I mean, keep coming back to this just as a, a a fault and I think a common plot hole there. Of course you have time. You have all the time and in, in space that you need. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can go and, and save Adam and have a picnic afterwards. Well, and then you could come back a second later and, you know, go and address that problem. She does I, have I to need...
0: be careful with timelines and making sure she doesn't cross. Her yeah, line. but
1: as long as she doesn't go... Further back yeah, so in time. She doesn't have to go the next second, she can go the next minute. Well I mean so... the other thing is she could have gotten her TARDIS and reappeared an hour later, like for her it's a second later, and for Yaz it's an hour later and picked her up. I mean, obviously that wouldn't work because Yaz left, but
3: Right, but just in the same sense, did everybody need to split off across the globe? Or could have they have all gone together in a responsible buddy system like manner to each site and investigate?
0: Did she say this to Yaz as Yaz was trying to leave? Yeah. I don't have time. Maybe it was just no, because
1: no, no. She said that there. Yaz says I want to go back, and Doctor says there isn't time.
0: Maybe it's because she wanted Yaz to get on the TARDIS, and she didn't want to spend time waiting for Yaz. Maybe that's why she. Yeah.
3: Said. Well, well, she was okay with it at, at the end. You know, it, it seems like you know Yaz shouldn't have gone through that alone. And then she didn't. Gabriella, Yeah, I think the name was correct, went Gabriella. with her. And, and they went right back into the building where they were getting shot at, talking very loudly about you know their <laughs> travel vlogs and other things.
1: Yeah, I didn't understand why Gabriella went my chin.
3: Me too, that motivation. I mean, I guess it really is part of her wrapped up in our identity of being uh, an, an travel immense blog. world travel figure.
2: Yeah, because so many people know, I know. travel vloggers by, like...
0: I do appreciate... podcasters that have the real fame. (laughs) I do appreciate the fact that the doctor did go back and save Jack, as he was trying to... Jake? Jack? Jake. Jake. Okay. Anyway...
1: um, And I loved that that love story. It it was so nice, because it was, you know, it made a lot of sense of having... The, the one be, you know, a famous astronaut and the other one be like, what am I in comparison? And really having that struggle. Yeah, it
3: felt a lot more real than a lot of other Doctor Who romances out there. Or, you know, well, it just wasn't one-dimensional. Yeah, there, there's a
1: lot going on It's there. also
0: successful because both members of the relationship survive. And one of the things that has been brought, brought up at multiple conventions in the past about science fiction is that they typically will kill off. a a member of the relationship, especially if it's an LGBTQ relationship. So that was one one of the things that was immediately noticed by some of the people that I watched it with, was that this was finally a relationship that survived.
1: (laughs) I don't know that that... Well, okay, maybe in science fiction in general. I feel like in Doctor Who, it's not especially LGBTQ. LGBT I'm not talking
0: about Doctor Who, I'm talking about just general science fiction general I just think it's more
2: based on like there's always the goody goody character that's like the typical hero and then there's the other character that's kind of like the broody one that's and then the broody one always is the one that dies because they, like, end up saving everyone at the end. I feel like that's, like, the more overused plot line is, like, I must redeem myself.
1: Which did kind of happen, except for he didn't die. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So,
0: again, we're, we're losing the trope of that character not.
2: Dying. Yeah, although,
3: uh, and maybe I just got the wrong vibes, but certainly as the story was starting, I thought Gabriella and her travel partner were was a romantic partner. I thought so at like first, that's, too. That's kind of how I spoke I, okay, it like, oh, I'm so excited to show you this Yeah, place. they were You're holding so hands and
1: everything. Yeah, it,
0: it, it
3: seemed. But like,
1: then it wasn't really addressed. I,
0: I don't think it. I, I think course. they did say, uh, Gab- Gabriella at some point said that she was a friend. Oh, okay. But I mean, it really didn't matter because. Uh, Jamila didn't really survive long enough in the story for it to really... Yeah, that that's why interest. I just wanted
3: to use those two as contrasts, even though one one may not have been appropriate, <laughs> but it wasn't my mind.
1: But yeah, I definitely got well, the... Well, I was glad oh, I
0: wasn't the only one.
1: Yeah, although then, of course, when she's, like, rubbing Ryan's chest and stuff, it sort of seems like...
0: <laughs> I should point out also that the doctor going back to save someone, she actually went back to actually save someone in general, and this kind of harkens back to the David Tennant era because yeah. he actually did that as well. But it contradicts Jodie Whittaker not going back for other people in previous episodes, including in this in this series.
2: Yeah. This, the, so I just
0: thought that was kind of a the
2: one we were talking about with the daughter and the mother state of oh yeah the whatever yeah.
1: and and yeah and we were all like why didn't she go no
0: it it just was out of character so I, I don't so know. yeah so
1: back yeah. to Back to the I, I don't know if this is
3: consistent with character what you we know in the past, or if it's a new foil. But I know the doctor has always had two hearts, mm-hmm. multiple brains. I mean, that was that was thrown I, in here.
1: That was thrown in here, and I, I don't, don't know if because you know it could also be a oh you know all my brain cells, my brains type of thing, and. Although like, the eleven easy brains, but they may only be consuming one brain. Yeah, yeah, she's not but, a man yeah. anymore. So, <laughs> but also, you know, the 11th doctor did say he had twenty-seven brains, but we're all pretty sure that that was a joke.
3: <laughs> I don't know. If anything, this seems like it's more more confirming, uh, canon, yeah. confirming that there may be. Yeah, toys, especially
2: since brains, like so. the companions brought it. Like, we're like, what did she say? Brains? Like, they've yeah. just been. Like, not a dress, then you might just well, have it, heard it wrong.
0: she could have also been referring to the fact that she's been multiple incarnations. So each incarnation, in a sense, for her, may be a different brain. It
2: could be a bit
1: Maybe.
0: Of a could be.
1: Yeah.
0: Colin, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was good.
1: <laughs>
0: How would you rate it? <laughs> oh, my
3: goodness. So oh, I fell on the spot. Well, this episode, it had a lot going on for it. I think, as, as I had alluded to before, I thought it was a visually stunning episode. I think they used their budget wisely. Um, I thought, you know, the, the plastic concept, I thought it was a good message, but also tied in well with the plot line. And it was specific enough that, as Michael alluded to, we were learning something. And, you know, I, think I had... learned something today. Uh, <laughs> and that's why you guys need to be very careful about your glitter. Because that stuff just lasts forever. Wherever it's at. Who are
1: you talking to? Who uses a ton of glitter?
3: Our audience are very glitter-centric people. I don't know <laughs> if you guys agree in the comments lately or not. But <laughs> that's right. There are 7 billion of us out there on the planet. Even more so now. Um, and we need to be worried about our glitter. But... <laughs> Here or there, let's get back to this episode. Um, I I liked it. Um, I thought it was well contained. I think it had some nice romance elements, some action. We bought uh, three concepts that we thought were really um, different and disparate, and we brought them all together in unison. Um, You know, all that being said, and I think, you know, technically it's a good episode. It landed well. Um, It looked good. It was hard for me to care Um, this wasn't a very interesting episode for me, um, but, you know, I I think it's encouraging because a lot of the elements of classic Doctor Who, um, were in here, and, um, I I think it landed, and it was tied up in a neat bow, which I really appreciated. For me, this episode is going to get a 6.5 out of 10.
1: All right, Kelsey.
2: Um, I agree with a lot of what Colin said. I kinda of likes the Alfred Hitchcock kind of element of like the birds, because that is a kind of a creepy concept and they did kind of build up the drama about like birds and just the huge number of them attacking people. And I thought that the the virus or bacteria or whatever it was was also a super creepy kind of like villain or not really a villain, but villain of the episode. Just the whole the makeup and everything just really, really creeped me out. So I guess that it made me feel something, <laughs> even if oh. it was creeped out. Um, but I do agree with Colin. Like, I I enjoyed the episode while I was watching it, but it's not one that I'm going to, like, come back to and watch again, really. It doesn't really, like, like, grab me as, like, a heartfelt episode. It was just an enjoyable watch, but, like, nothing – too amazing i guess so i'm gonna give this also 6.5 all right
1: um i i really liked this episode a lot actually i i thought that gabriella was kind of a weak character and i didn't much care about her but i thought that the um adam and jake story i liked that one a lot i thought that they were really great side characters um and I also really liked uh, Suki I thought that that was interesting I did not see it coming that she you know was brought this virus here and stuff I thought that the plot itself was really good um I loved the whole the companions all getting spread out across the globe the doctor like ping-ponging between them them really using that I assume spy gear the dot coms to t- talk to each other or whatever and uh yeah, I, I thought that it came together really nicely. That said, it, I mean, it wasn't the greatest episode, but it, I thought it was very entertaining and a very solid episode. I'm going to give it a an 8.
0: That's very solid. Um, this episode actually reminds me a little bit of a John Pertwee story called The Green Death, which also deals with um, – Chemicals being spilled out, pollution, and it has a very political message. But it takes that political, it takes that kind of um, that political message and turns it into a very important plot device. And it kind of is a little bit educational to a degree. But in this case, I think they d- they went even beyond it and made it even more kind of not in your face. Ed- 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 not in-your-face political, but more educational and more more reasonable. The doctor was just trying to state facts. This is what's happening, this is how it's happening, and this is what we've got to do to stop it from happening. So with that, I, I actually appreciated that aspect of this episode. I think some of the characters fall a little flat, and it mostly because there's so many characters in this. You've got to spend so uh, you've got to spend only so much time with each one, so of course the emphasis will be on Adam and Jake, and not necessarily on um, on Gabe, Gabriella, or Jamila, or or this poor guy that.
2: What, what,
0: that was Suki's right-hand man that just kind of disappeared oh, off yes. the face of the earth. Nobody even said a thing. Um, so that was kind of a disappointment part of this episode. But, I mean, overall, like you, like people have said already, the plot actually seemed to work quite well. Um, I will be giving this a 7 out of 10. I think it is a solid story. I. I think that's pretty decent. I do want to point out last week, I mentioned that I thought that the medal that was... um, That the companion had... What was the companion? Adric? No, no. no. Well, yeah. I thought it was Adric's medal, but it wasn't. It was actually the... It was Ruth's doctor's companion's medal of honor that he held on to. Gotcha. I'm not sure how it was traceable or tracked, but... I just wanted to make sure I pointed that out. I was wrong. It just was... It that was actually
1: makes a lot more sense with, with the whole time. Than well, well, if you should take this away, anything away from this episode is that Michael
0: is fallible.
1: Thanks
0: <laughs> for joining us.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would hope
0: I'm fallible. I'm, I'm not a time lord.
2: Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah. Um, email us, too. Yeah, if do stuff want.
0: and tell your friends about
3: us.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Put in some leg work. We do it every week.
0: <laughs> and don't eat pears. Good night, everyone.
1: Night.